You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. <laughs> oh, oh, and of course, who do you think is number one? It's probably Jake Lloyd. Oh, no. That or the kid from The Sixth Sense. Oh, you got to think older. You got to think old school. Somebody from the 60s. Who David Cassidy. Uh, maybe maybe the brother of a famous director. Jesus, man. Will you just say? Clint Howard. Clint Howard. <laughs> he, I don't think he was ever cute. No, I mean, they intentionally cast him as, as that little alien kid in Star Trek because he was kind of funny looking, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, who looked at that kid and was like, oh, man, he's going to be a real looker someday. What a cute kid. Look out, Hollywood. One day, green alien. The next day, leading man. Yeah. Not I don't know. I got no. nothing. I really have nothing. <laughs> what? What? Uh, so, how was your weekend? Uh, how was my weekend? <laughs> you have I've, to pretend that this is the future, that this is like next Oh, weekend. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Project ahead. Yeah. I know it's like two days since I saw you last. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it, uh, you know, it was a pretty good weekend, man. It's fucking cold here all of a sudden. Yeah, but sunny. That's what's Texas. Yeah, sunny day. Keeping the clouds away. Have you watched that? It's on HBO now. Uh, uh, Sesame Street? Yeah. Uh, n- did I watch? No, uh, uh, but Reading Rainbow. Uh, I had some friends over a few months ago, and uh, <laughs> we were just randomly Netflixing and chilling, but not like that. Yeah. But, uh, but, how, but how? Like how? How? Yeah, but what do you how? Mean? You said not like that, chilling, but not like that. I mean, like chilling, but not like Netflix and chill. Okay. You know what that means no, nowadays? You no. never heard the phrase Netflix and chill? No, no, Joel, I'm not cool. It doesn't have anything to do with being cool. I like I didn't make it up. I'm just f- familiar with that phrase now. Okay, well, you want to share? Like a, well, isn't it like a euphemism for, for sex? Like, hey, hey, baby, why don't you come over to my house? We'll watch some Netflix. We'll chill. But yeah? ulterior motives are. Is that a thing? I'm going to get in them panties. Yeah, man. I bet you if I Googled oh, Netflix and chill right Jeff, now. Jeff, isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> please isolate There's... him saying that. Uh, of the last two and a I half years. I feel like that's like, been on every Christmas card that Joel sends to like girlfriends. <laughs> I'm going to get in them panties. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't let your mom see this card. Oh, my God. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. How about no. you? How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Yeah. Uh, I imagine that we'll have done some running around <laughs> to the, to some stores, and I'll have had to have, you know, done, done some last-minute thing for somebody. I don't know. That's kind of like <laughs> how every weekend is now. Oh, okay. I was like, that's quite cryptic. I'm not sure. Well, I'm trying to be vague because we're recording these, like, basically two days away from each other. Yeah. But we're supposed to be acting like It's in the is, future. Well... But in the future. Although I'm glad we're doing it because we lost, um, you know, we did David Bowie last week. Bowie's we in him. space. And then what was it, like three days later, four days later? It was the same week. Yeah, Clint that, Howard. That the, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Child actor and leading man, Clint Howard, dead of cancer at 69. Yeah, yeah. no, we lost uh, We lost Alan Rickman. I know. And so it, it, I'm glad we're doing it sooner rather than later. I hate for his, uh, his star to, to, to fade too quickly in our minds. Yeah. No, it'll never, that'll never happen. No, impossible. That'll never happen. That, He's forever is, Snape. Forever, Snape. <laughs> Let the Dark Lord be with you down every road you roam. That's great. And he who shall not be named <laughs> will grow and grow. That's true. See if you can rhyme Horcrux with something. <laughs> so you find that last Horcrux. <laughs> oh, God, here it goes. And then 
I God, I can't remember the name of the who's the headmaster of the of the school. Dumbledore. And then Dumbledore will fuck. Oh God! <laughs> fuck <laughs> up your mind. I, I I don't know where I was gonna go with that. I have oh. no idea where I was going. It's one of those words you can't really find a rhyme for, like orange. What rhymes with orange? Orange. That's right. <laughs> Oranges. Yeah. Um, so no, Alan Rickman, and we yeah. had we had a lot of uh, a lot of ideas of movies that we could have done. Yeah, you know, we were we were talking about Dogma or Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. um, or you know uh, what's the the Christmas one? Uh, Love, Love Actually. Actually. Uh, there's there's so many movies that we could have done, and we we've already talked about Die Hard, but mm-hmm. obviously you know that's that's my Alan Rickman love right there, the character of Hans Gruber, uh, it, absolutely, and uh, and ably illustrating. That it takes an amazing villain to make a good hero, yeah. and if it wasn't for Hans Gruber, if Hans Gruber didn't work, Die Hard would not have been as good as it was. And that was like his film debut. Is that what I understand? That he was I a don't stage think that actor was his before debut. Yeah, or his first think, leading role, maybe in I, film. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Came out of the gate strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Alan Rickman. Yeah. I, I, did you have any idea that he was even sick? Like no, I, no, just like with David Bowie. Yeah. I had no idea. Ugh. Let's just start 2016 over. Can, can we, we do that? Can, can we, we just bring all these people back? Can we uh, we punch the Omega 13 button and rewind 13 days? Uh, Although it's, what is today? Yeah, we need more than that. It's been <laughs> 13 days since we <laughs> lost. It doesn't work. You're right. No, I it know. Too many work. syllables. Too many syllables. Uh, all right. So instead, we decided to go with this movie that Alan Rickman was a part of. It's also a classic, uh, a movie called Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And in fact, we had invited uh, Jason Cox to join us. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, yeah, he couldn't join us for this. So... Unfortunately, you are. You're, you're gonna stuck have with to, us. You're stuck with us. The editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Uh, sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Whatever the case is, we'll watch them and then come back here and uh, tear them apart, dissect them, uh, and talk about it with each other and with you, our lovely editing bay listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, like I said, we're going to be talking about Galaxy Quest, or as I like to call it. The best Star Trek movie ever made. I was just going to evoke that because every time we talk about it, you you bring that up, and and my first instinct is to say, no, there's so many better. And then you stop and think, and like, uh, what what encapsulates like the feeling of Star Trek rather than something that's meta like this? It's able to both kind of make fun of, poke a little fun of, and celebrate all of the things. And and I guess when we say Star Trek, you're talking like. Original crew, original Star crew, Trek, Star right? Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if if they were going to make a movie that's like kind of uh, that, that's really pointing at what made Star Trek good, even in its cheesiness, it would be this. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's so weird because this movie is very much like pulling from. It's like somebody watched, and we're going to get into the origins of this movie because I kind of happen to know Ooh. intimately the origins of some of the things in this film, but it's like somebody watched that old William Shatner bit from SNL. Where he was like, yeah. everyone's asking him all these questions, and eventually he's like, guys, it's a show, right. <laughs> all right? None of that stuff is real. Get a life. Uh, one of the best SNL bits, if you're not familiar with it, you could look it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But it's like they, they saw that and then also went, okay, let's make the three amigos in space. Oh. And, and that's how we got Galaxy Quest uh, for the, on the surface, I imagine. Have you ever... Well, surely you've been to. I know you've been to Comic Con. I know you've I've been, been to all to sorts so of conventions. Many conventions. Yeah, that were yeah. Star Trek heavy. Yes. I guess you really can't have a, com- a sci-fi convention or any type of nerd geek convention without some Star Wars people showing up. Even if they're not, like you could throw a Lord of the Rings convention and a couple of people would show up in their their uniforms, uh-huh. their tricorders and shit. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to uh, Scarborough Fair? 
Yes. There's sometimes uh, people will show up dressed in Star Starfleet <laughs> outfits. See, this is what I'm talking and about. And act like they've like landed on a planet like where it's still like medieval times. <laughs> it's the year 1418. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's only happened once or twice when I've gone out to Scarborough because I'm not really a big Scarborough Fair fan. Yeah. But I've gone either for work or I've gone with other people, and like two of the maybe nine times I've been out there. Mm-hmm. I've seen people dressed up in Starfleet outfits. Attack of the nerds. And it makes me so delighted. <laughs> I'm like, you guys making the best of like kind of a rough situation. That's, that's <laughs> who's, so fun. Who's worse, uh, Scarborough Fair nerds or, or Star Trek nerds? Uh, I don't and, know, and I'm because there's word. a lot of crossover there. Like, the, Scarborough yes. Fair nerds could be Star Trek nerds. Yes, and vice versa, probably why they can get away with that stuff without getting kicked I out. I think I kind of prefer Scarborough Fair people because they stick really? to the Scarborough Fair. Like, they stick to that place. Whereas, you know, the Star Trek nerds, you're going to encounter them at just about any convention that happens in the area. That's true. I guess I'm, I'm more, like, I'm not really into that renaissance. I don't dislike Star Trek nerds. Yeah. I, I want to get that out of the way. I don't, no, me I don't dislike Star Trek nerds, and I don't like Scarborough Fair nerds. I just don't enjoy going to Scarborough Fair. Like, <laughs> I want to be able to go and like get a cheeseburger or yeah. something. Not have to know. eat an entire turkey leg. Yeah, those things are messy, dude. I and know people kind of get they like, and I get it. They're trying to get into the feeling of like the Scarborough Fair. This is how it would have been. People like get in your face, and I'm like, just let me just walk yeah. around and look at your wares or whatever and yeah. just get this over with. Just get your, get your, stop uh, trying to swallow a sword next to me, please. Yeah, or wrestling in mud and then coming over to me because I don't, <laughs> I don't want you to come close Actually, to me. Actually, that sounds kind of appealing. Who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I should say, I use that, that word nerd affectionately because I consider, I consider myself a nerd. Um, but no, you don't think so? No, you're not a nerd. Oh, you should have seen me in my, in you're my not prime. You're not a nerd now. What? You're How a, can you say that? Look, I got the, the glasses. You're the ass gettingest dude. That, wow. I, I, if, <laughs> see, now we need a time machine. Now I need the Omega 13. The Omega 13. To, to bring my 13 year old self back. Stop referencing something we haven't gotten to yet. It's called foreshadowing, Joe. <laughs> it's a harbinger. <laughs> Thank you for spelling that out for me. I always give two examples. Uh, harvester. Uh, <laughs> Blue harvester. All right, so Galaxy Quest. It's uh, basically about a, a crew uh, of actors that mm-hmm. used to be on the show, Galaxy Quest, that's now like been 20 years off the air or whatever, 18 years off the air. And uh, and they're doing the convention circuit and stuff. And it's it's not unlike the way you would go to like a convention now and see the cast of Firefly. Yeah. And like they all come out, but everyone's really there to see Fillion. Like, yeah. it's cool to see everybody else, but you don't get the same reaction you get when Fillion steps out on stage. Yeah. And, and if so, he's not there, it's not complete. It's, it was it's considered not, a bust. It's true. It, yeah. Well, it's not a bust, but eh. it's not complete. Uh, and and so uh, that's kind of like how this is, where you've got the whole crew of the show, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got, like, the weird tropes uh, that go along with it, where you've got the classically trained actor yep. who's, like, now known for just this sci-fi character that he plays, <laughs> uh, the the character of Alexander, mm-hmm. uh, who, who plays Dr. Lazarus on Galaxy Quest, which right. is played by Alan Rickman. That's right. And, uh, you know, before they're supposed to go out for the convention, he's like, I played Henry VIII. Yeah. You know, or Henry the Third. It was Richard. It was Richard, it was Richard the Third. And, uh, and they're like, five. Yeah, Five standing ovations. Five curtain calls. Five right. curtain calls. <laughs> and apparently he goes through that story over and over again. You know, there, there's a lot of bitterness going on with these characters uh, and jealousy directed towards the uh, the the what's it, the Buzz Lightyear character. Yeah. <laughs> what, Al, uh, what's shit. his name? Uh, um, uh, Jason Nesmith. Tim Allen. Tim Allen yes. plays Jason Nesmith. That's right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's the captain of the show, and he's the one that really engages the fans and loves it and plays it up. Mm-hmm. But he also uses all this for his own personal gain as well. And it's caused some dissension among uh, among the former cast members. Sure, but pulling a little bit from reality too. I hear uh, William Shatner 
maybe not liked by all of his uh, his cast members. Yeah, uh, I know you. You could get George Takei to go on and oh, on about it. Oh yes, and he will. Yes. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. Now oh yes, all dirty laundry is being yeah. uh, being <laughs> hung out to dry. Yeah, if I can, I mix think that's good. Metaphors. You can mix the metaphors. Do all you everything you want. <laughs> My, I grew up with a father who mixed metaphors all the time. He's like, that's the way the cookie rolls. <laughs> <laughs> He would say shit like that growing up. He'd be like, you know, one in the hand. It's right It's right there. Two in the bush. <laughs> no, he wouldn't even finish it up with the two in the bush. He'd be like, one in the hand. You know what they say? Doesn't need to be. One in the hand. <laughs> like, what you, I don't even know what that means, Dad. And a chicken in every pot. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, these uh, these guys are doing this whole convention thing, and, you know, there's there's some there's some uh, some tension there. And, you know, but Tim Allen kind of rolls with it. And goes into the bathroom and hears a bunch of people like talking shit about him and the rest of the cast, mm-hmm. and it's it's brought to his attention how much of a joke they really are. I kind of found that scene a little unbelievable. In fact, there's a lot of things in this it's movie a, that it's are kind of heavy It's a little unbelievable. It's be- unbelievable to me that like it took that to make the Tim Allen character like suddenly just go right. Yeah, yeah. Like he hadn't heard that before. Like he didn't know. Like couldn't you turn on Entertainment Weekly and there be oh where are they now? It's the same thing though that his fellow cast members are saying. Exactly. So it's not like he didn't know this was going on. Exactly. Um, and also, I don't know, uh, usually I, I try to shy away from having any conversation with the bathroom. The bathroom is a sacred place, Joe, especially a public bathroom. Yes. Uh, don't make eye contact. Don't look, you know. The sink area is a safe area, uh-huh. but the urinal zone is a quiet zone. And I, I also feel like there are bathrooms that are set aside for the guests of a con. <laughs> they don't just go and like mill with the GP. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's a supernatural convention. Like those guys will just come into the bathroom and like really hang out. Yeah, well, because they're all dudes and there aren't a whole lot of guys at supernatural conventions. Ah. So like I'm walking out of the bathroom and here comes, you know, the dude who plays Castiel. It's not like I'm going to stop him and be like, dude, what's going on? How do you do? Right. I just walk by. I'm like, hey, he, what's up? He thinks you work there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, you see all this poon I'm going to get? <laughs> Give me a hot coffee while you're at it, boy. <laughs> Uh, but still, boy, boy. to have to have a uh, an open conversation where they're not only openly mocking Tim Allen's character, but the people peeing next to them. Yeah, like, <laughs> like everybody that's can you with believe them? these nerds, man, who come here <laughs> like, just why to see some old here? show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how how fulfilling is your life that you've because not free? Yeah, like you got to pay an entry. Pay, pay a lot. They of even money. say like these guys pay seventeen bucks to come in here and worship some TV show. Yeah. That's, 30 years old. So what are you doing there? Exactly. Why, yeah. are, why are you here? And that's why I agree with you. That scene was like, well, what? I th- we just injected this just to put some artificial conflict yeah. in this. Well, listen, Joe, this is not a movie where uh, you need to, like, last week we talked about the prestige, and we really took a magnifying glass to it, looking for the holes and uh, discrepancies, and this is why he did Which this. Which is something that, that I think Christopher Nolan, though, you know, merits. Mm-hmm. A movie like his, it merits the the microscope, and he's hiding you know, those nuggets in there to be found. That's right. There's a lot of stuff here that's on the surface. <laughs> no, well, there's no way that this in, in happens in reality, and I'm not just saying that because it involves aliens. But um, there's a lot <laughs> of stretches of imagination. Are you saying there's no intelligent life out there, Joel? Not that we found. Nothing we know of. Well, that's why we have to go on a galaxy quest. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> and seek them out. But the uh, so, so the I'm on a quest. <laughs> oh god! Oh, I miss that show. You guys need to bring that back. I know that's not happening with Baby Harper now, is it? Although oh, it could, it could happen. I've seen several pics of you now uh, playing video games while oh, yeah. she's uh, she's asleep, like a sack of potatoes <laughs> yes. within your arms. The best is like I'm playing Fallout, <laughs> and and you know it's this cute. Oh, look at her, she's asleep, and like Sarah comes walking out. Oh, look at her, she's asleep on you, and she sits down and watches the screen, and I'm like blowing heads off of Super <laughs> Mutants, and she's like, "This is disgusting." Uh, better that than Grand Theft Auto. I would. You're... I kind of think it's uh, it's kind of equal. Yeah, I feel like it's a little equal. 
Uh, but at least in that movie, you're or movie yes. in that game. You're, uh, you're 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 killing foes. You're killing uh, uh, enemies. Yes, um, of the state, and not just hookers that you've paid to do a service. Yeah, you don't know beheading. Oh, it, are there hookers in Fallout Four? Who knows? You you don't know. I don't know. Um, what I do know mm. is that um, I love you, Sigourney Weaver, man, yeah, busty know. in this movie. Yeah, is that they do some no. some work on that, that they, or is that her? Because like. At the end of this movie, just for no reason at all, <laughs> I love her that. costume is just like starting to fall apart. <laughs> That's pretty. And like you see, like there's it, basically it's hanging out. She's half naked. Basically. It, yeah, and there it's not. It doesn't look like there's support. They're not support bras that Mm-mm. she's wearing to keep her. So I guess she's, she's got that going on. Really packing, that. which I've never noticed. Like through when I watched Alien or Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm like, I never really noticed that before. Two movies where she's wearing admittedly bagging clothing. Yeah. And, and made in the 80s, right? Not yeah, really, not true. really flattering to her, her D- figure. Dude, I had no idea. I thought this movie was far more recent than 1999. Uh, yes. Well, I had never seen it in HD. Like, I saw it on DVD and widescreen and what? <laughs> you're saying? I'm just saying HD definitely points out the visual flaws yes, in this movie. That's where it becomes apparent that it's 1999. Yeah. The, uh, although I remember at the time this kind of being groundbreaking. ILM did the effects it for was, this, right? It was DreamWorks. This is still the early days of DreamWorks, too. Mm, that's right. This, uh, this movie originated as a... Uh, as a Disney script. Now we're going to get into the origins. Let's hear it. Of, I, of I don't know the backstory from my point of view because I actually have a. Oh. I have a a role in the backstory of. Oh, this you're movie. kidding! I'm not kidding Let's at all. Let's hear it. Uh, straight out of high school, I was doing auditions, trying to get in movies. I'm straight and out stuff. of high school. <laughs> Go ahead. It's my version of Straight Outta Compton. It's just this white kid in like a white town in Allen, Texas. Uh, so I was doing a whole bunch of auditions and stuff, and ended up landing a role in a movie called The Space Cadets. Oh, that's right. And I don't know if we've talked about we this have. before. Yeah? Yes, we have. I Space know the whole Cadets, story. For the sake of the viewer, then, or the listener, Space Cadets was, back in the day, like in the in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe even before that, uh, was a cartoon about a bunch of, like, a bunch of kids that, you know, ran around and uh, they were up to no good, like mischief Started and stuff. Started making hijinks. trouble in their neighborhood. Yeah. And so, <laughs> one day, uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, so they were Disney had optioned the live action version of this, and this is around the time when like JTT was getting really you know his star had shown. And oh yeah, they had tried to put the oldest son in Home Improvement in like First Kid or whatever, and that didn't do too well. They were trying to go with the youngest son in Home Improvement. This was supposed to be his vehicle, oh. uh, where he was going to star in this movie. What happened to that kid? I have no idea. All right, I probably ruined his career. Oh, you did this because uh, so. This movie is supposed to be about these kids that are at a space academy or whatever, and they take a ship, and uh, and, they, and they escape. You know, they're just joyriding or whatever. Well, they end up crash landing on a planet uh, that's run by this this overlord who you find out is just like a, a, a spoiled, rotten, like, you know, kind of a, a, a kid among himself. Like, he's he's older, but he's still a little child. That's I think that's why they ended up casting me in this mm. role. <laughs> I was the villain of this movie. Wow. Uh, and the whole bit was, like, I was wearing green screen stuff and mo- mocap stuff oh, really? the entire time. Because tennis balls. my costume was supposed to, like, change and evolve based on my mood. Wait, what, what year is this? This was 1997. That's pretty advanced. 97, 98. To think that they could do this. an entire... Just the costume. Yeah. Was supposed to, it was supposed wow. to do all this, this stuff. You got uh, Jar Jar Binksed. I did get Jar Jar. Well, everything except like the, my face and everything was still the same. Just the suit. But it was the costume was supposed to like change depending on... Like that was the villain's bit. Cool. Um, and so like they crash land on this planet where children are enslaved and have to mine this resource. Mm. 
In this movie, yeah. they land on a planet where little baby-like aliens uh-huh. are miners. They're mining this the beryllium spheres, remember? Right. Oh, yeah. That's straight from this script. Interesting. But there was like, there's more. But like, they took this this little this set piece out of it. Uh, there was a rock monster named Grignac. Uh, the same name and everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was wow. the same name. There was a rock monster that the space cadets, like, escape from at first and then befriend, and it ends up helping them later on. Interesting. Uh, and then uh, they they end up escaping, and, like, the, the kids escape with the help of, you know, whatever. It's almost like an Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, but, like, in space. For kids. Yeah, uh, yeah for, for kids. That's a better way of putting it. And, like, I end up getting defeated or whatever. At one point, I got this whole, like, you know, I, get, I change my suit into, like, attack mode, and I do this, like, to infinity and beyond, and suddenly it turns into a Buzz Lightyear costume. <laughs> nice. Um, so Disney did drug testing. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh-huh. And this was back when when Joe liked to smoke a lot of pot. Uh <laughs> And like the thing week. was, I was always told ahead of time when the testing was going to take place. Oh, uh, never believe they, them. They end up doing a, a random, mm-hmm. and it came up, and uh, we ended up having a lot of meetings. <sighs> I was going to get sued by Disney. <laughs> yeah, breach of contract, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And so there was some, like, legal finagling that this entertainment lawyer who was friends with my agent, he ended up doing in... in Basically, it turned into a, like a wash, like a you didn't warn him about the drug testing ahead of time, <laughs> and he you know da 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 da. So they just agreed to disagree, like nice. it, and it just go kinda, our separate ways. It went huh? our separate ways. Aww. And the best I can un- the best I can reason out is that they ended up selling the script to to DreamWorks. Yeah, uh, and DreamWorks ended up taking parts of it. And putting it in this in this movie, it's amazing how much that happens when you hear about. Uh, well, I, famously the Kevin Smith uh, Superman movie, yeah, right? The spider, yeah, the spider that you know laid dormant for fifteen years and, and then, then showed up in Wild Wild West. Then, there we go. Yep. <laughs> and then oh, there's something else too. Oh well, well the, the if Man you watch of Steel, Man of Steel, he true. ends up fighting a giant fucking spider. So it the, always comes around. All yeah, you never know. Whether John Peters, man, he's like, I want that fucking spider in these movies. Well, so Joe, that's would, that's the origins of uh, some of this stuff from Galaxy interesting. Quest. Well, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on uh, on space cadets but I don't I, I wouldn't hold yourself responsible it sounds like there were several <laughs> other things hey, it sounds like uh, maybe the powers that be were looking for a way to, to uh, get out of it yeah yeah and, and this is a, a good excuse um, although the joke is on them because uh, now the world another one. <laughs> has lost another great David Bowie, Alan Rickman, and, and Joe Cucinati. Well, I'm I'm dead. Spiritually. So yeah, the, uh, so it's fun for me to watch this movie just because every once in a while I'll I'll see one of those things. I'm like, oh wow, that was that was that in my was, script. That was in the script. <laughs> that was totally in the script. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, uh, I would have liked to have seen that movie. I I, I would have liked to have made it. <laughs> I bet, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, bet, I bet. I bet I'd be living a whole different life right now. But then uh, we wouldn't be sitting here, and the listeners would be deprived of another uh, glorious episode of the editing bay. Yeah, so you're welcome. So a lot of people in this movie, mm, like yeah. this cast, has so many folks. Uh, like Rain Wilson's in it for like two seconds. I had seconds. no idea, and I saw that tall motherfucker. Man, he lost a lot of weight back then. He was spindly, and then he like disappears though. Mm-hmm. He has a line, and then he disappears completely. And I wonder why, because it's not like we didn't have these secondary alien characters uh, yeah. later. They he just got replaced by what it seems. Yeah, it, it seemed like that, and I wonder maybe they drug tested. Him. I was going to say it could be random <laughs> drug test. Coming back to fight old Rain Wilson. So you got Rain Wilson, Missy Pyle in this. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't know who Missy Pyle is, she's been she was in like. Dodgeball. She played the big, uh, the the crazy strong dodgeball female that was on Ben Stiller's team. That's right. She's been in a bunch of. She's stuff. one of those uh, actresses when you see her face, you're like, oh, that girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Veronica Mars' father. 
plays uh, the head of the, the the Thermians, the aliens. I don't remember his name right oh, now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bald actor. Uh, yeah. Oh, here, I got it pulled up right here. Enrico Col- Colantoni. Yeah, there you go. Very good. <laughs> As Mathazar. Justin Long is in this yeah. movie. And Sam Rockwell turning in yet another amazing, like, he does what Sam Rockwell does. Right. And that's making the best out of what little he has. And this was my first uh, exposure to Sam Rockwell. Or I may no, have seen not. him before. No, what would I have seen him in before? <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When? He's the guy that's taking the kids through the, he's like, uh, whatever you want, take that's it. That's fucking Sam Rockwell? Whatever you want to do, no way. do it. Oh, you like regular shit. or menthol? That's Sam Rockwell. No way. Where he's like, hey, we're family. And, yeah. and J- Casey Jones like, you call that up there and this down here. Family? <laughs> well, that's exactly how the line goes, too. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that was him. That's Sam Rockwell, We sir. need to do that film. Well, we've already done a Ninja Turtles movie, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we haven't done a good one, though. No, we haven't. <laughs> Have you seen the trailers for the new one? Uh, no. Did I you haven't. see the, the reboot? I did. Um, did you? I did see the reboot. So better than expected. Can, was it? Mm-hmm, okay. But I had low expectations. So like the part where they're battling down a giant snowy mountain and then end up in Manhattan. Where where are they? <laughs> Toronto, of course. Where, where, where the fuck are they? You know, it's just a stone's throw away <laughs> from uh, Long Island. It would have been awesome if it was Toronto. If like Scott Pilgrim shows up, <laughs> I'm here to help you guys. Let's uh, just try not to think about those things. We need another terrain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That the mountain thing—that was the only thing that got me. I was like, "Why?" They're like, and it's not a small, like hilly slope. This is a mountain that they're they're going down. Like, it's like Michael Bay was just like, "Whatever, just put a mountain in New York City." <laughs> you can't blame him too much. He just produced it. I don't know how much. You don't think he had, had his hands all over that it, though? If he's producing something, Michael yeah. Bay seems like the kind of guy that wants like you know monthly meetings freak. of like what? Okay, what are you putting in this? What's going on? Yeah, need some tits and explosions. That's well, and and we have them in yeah. the form of a. Uh, What's her name? <laughs> I've already forgotten her name. Megan Fox. Yeah. Who I think um, underrated. I think she's better than uh, the she's people. She's not a bad for. actress. No, she really isn't a bad actress. She just got she got handed horrible scripts mm-hmm. uh, and not a whole lot of talent to work against mm-hmm. in a lot of her movies. Uh, you know, unfortunately, she followed up Ninja Turtles or not Ninja Turtles. She followed up Transformers with Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. And Josh Brolin. God, Jonah Hex is such a good comic book. And like they did that movie. No favor, like that. That movie did the, the the legacy of that character. No favors. Yeah, it was so bad. Well, that's unfortunate. But getting back to Galaxy Quest. Yes. So we've got a lot of actors in this thing, um, actors playing actors, mm-hmm. uh, very, very convincingly. Um, who did you who did you gravitate more towards when it came to this cast, the Galaxy Quest cast? Of of course the uh, the Alan Rickman character. Yeah. Yeah. The unwitting. Uh, uh, the, the guy who just wanted to, to to perform his art and have it be recognized for a guy who wanted to perform his heart and ha- art and have it be recognized, I found it really funny that like he wore the Doctor Lazarus head when he was at home. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> no, at home too. relaxing. We never saw him out of that. Even no. at the end, where it's kind of like where you see the seams coming apart from his forehead, <laughs> yes. he still dons the makeup. <laughs> I like when it, it 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 gets. It's the only thing that got him to go on and do the the uh, the performance at right. the uh, at the con. The show must was go the on. show must go on. And, and he's like, like, "Damn it, damn it!" <laughs> but I'm not saying the line. That's I'm right. not going to say the line. Uh-huh. They they uh, they did a great job. I feel with developing the characters without like telling us everything about them. Oh sure, that we got to see it play out visually with this movie. Um, I, I know I'm kind of like verbally filleting this movie for the most part, and I know you've got a lot more criticism to throw out about it. I, I just remember, I remember really digging it because I, I didn't know what I was getting into. Somebody had recommended it back in the 90s when it first came out. Like I said, saw it on video, and I was like, oh, wow, that what a, what a really fun. And, you know, Joe, I, I appreciate 
anything, whether it be TV or film, that can suck you in with a good premise and then some comedy and then some action, but then take it a level deeper. And this is why I like Modern Family because Modern Family on its on its own is just like a, a well written, well acted comedy. Yes. But then at the end of every episode, there's always that moment that ties everything together, and you kind of you feel <laughs> does it, something. Does it tie Burrell things <laughs> together? <laughs> oh, don't laugh. Cut at that part out, Jeff. So bad. Uh, but uh, it, it, it makes you feel something. You learn something a little about the characters, and you're like, oh, wow. Sometimes you shed a tear. Uh, and that's kind of where this film took me the first time I saw it. I was like, it was better than it had to be. And I always appreciate when a film does that, when it when it goes that extra step. That moment that we are talking earlier about, you know, that, that line that he does not want to speak by Thor's hammer or whatever it is. I will avenge thee. It's the line that he hates. He, he doesn't want to repeat it anymore. Yeah, by grab Thor's hammer. That's what it is. Thank you. And then by the end, when he... Of his own volition, says that line. It's so touching. Um, yeah, one of the one of the alien guys uh, who who's been protecting them. We haven't really set up the story here. I'll give it to you briefly. So they're at this convention, and uh, th- basically the premise of this movie is: what if uh, there were an alien race out there who had got got our TV signals and thought everything that we had been broadcasting was actually they call it historical documents. Yes, because this race of aliens is uh, does not have the ability to lie. And so they think everything that they've been receiving for us is is historical documents. Why they gravitate to one show of the millions of TV shows and broadcasts that this one just happens the to be the of one. Years exactly. That's one of these little plot holes that we're talking about. Where right. it's like you just got to let it go. Uh-huh. But but what if an alien race saw it, thought it was real, thought the heroes were living on Earth, and then uh, ran into some trouble out in out in space and needed a. Uh, a, a galactic boost. Who would mm-hmm. they come see? Well, they'd come see Tim Allen and the cast of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. they show. Go ahead. And the thing is, though, they they track him down at a convention where everybody's dressed up like these characters. Exactly. So there's another one of your plot holes where it's like, oh, you know, you, and and they try to explain it with the whole like, well, we're not used to deception. Like we're not, we don't understand that concept. Okay, <laughs> but you're you're dressed up like you're using holographic. Uh, technology to change your appearance. Yeah. So that defeats that logic right there. That like you're deceiving them by making people think that you look human. Wow. Instead of your actual alien form. That's a good point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because when we see them, they look like these giant octopus octopi <laughs> when, when they beam up onto the ship. <laughs> oh my god! I love when everybody te- beams up on the ship and they're all like catatonic Shaking, and stuff. Yeah. And then the, and then uh, Fred uh, Tech Chen. <laughs> Yes. Comes up, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. He he shows up and he's just like, wow, that was a thing. And he, <laughs> he just keeps walking. He takes everything. So like where are we going? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what was what was I supposed to glean from his character? Because watching it again, I'm still not quite sure. Was he? Is this a um, a Val Kilmer situation where he's just like you know drugged himself retarded, and now everything <laughs> is a is a is a is a one on the scale, and he's just kind of going through life. Because he takes everything with a... With he takes everything in stride yeah. until they get down on that planet and finally see, like, the aliens or whatever uh, starting to, like, you know, attack. Right. And that seems to be when he when he loses his nerve. Yeah. When he's supposed to beam Tim Allen back up onto the <laughs> ship. <laughs> see, I mean, the, we, we talk about it and it makes us think about another scene that, like, makes you laugh out loud when you think about it. Dude, uh, I didn't ask you to adjust my microphone. I know, I know, but I could hear the difference, and I saw it. Fall I don't need and, uh, you to adjust my mic. It didn't didn't look like you were going for it. I didn't need. I don't need you to adjust. Were you it, just going to go the rest of the show? Yeah, like I probably was. Oh, okay. You know, a Jeff, pro doesn't. Out, a pro doesn't call attention to it. But you know what? A, a, what a pro <laughs> does. A pro wants to put the best product out there for his listener of, of sound. 
All right. Well, you let me know when you do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Getting back to I'm this a movie. visual guy. That's what I'm saying. Getting back to this movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what his deal was. Like, there's a moment though that suddenly he realizes this is all real, and uh, he's, he loses his nerve because there's shit like when he's like, you see him on the video screen. He's like. Yeah, they told me that the beryllium yeah, right. is, uh, is that. And then he's like, come on, guys, bring it in for a right. hug. Bring it in for a group hug. <laughs> and he's just, when he's uh, forecasting doom, yeah. So they don't really explain. They don't really explain what's going on. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to get from that character. But, uh, yeah, still one of the highlights. I like yeah, him. I, I liked the, him a lot. He does he, he does his version of, like, Blue Steel. He does his squinty-eyed look when, <laughs> uh, when he's at the convention and they, they call his name. He does one of those. <laughs> yes, like that's that's his signature move. It, it, was that like because his name was Chen? Was he trying to like? The, I noticed when they when they were showing the younger version of him, he was kind of stretched out a little bit and made up. And I I just assumed that they were doing that to oh this is the younger version, and now we're twenty years later. Everyone's supposed to look twenty years old. That they've like because they do that thing when you do yep. movies, they'll they'll uh, pinch the back of your neck, mm-hmm. pinch all that skin back, and that apparently like youngs you up a little bit. Mm. I don't know how effective that is, though. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah. I'd, I'd save my, my it money. Just, it just makes all your skin look like it's being pulled to the back of your head. <laughs> well, you asked me who was my favorite character. You said you? Alan Rickman. I did. I did. And yeah. you? Did I steal your thunder? Uh, no, I've got to say, like, I really like the Alan Rickman character, but I think that the Sam Rockwell character was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. He was absolutely my favorite uh, just because you see his character, uh, you see him slowly, like, just deconstructing. Like realizing he's gonna die. Like, I'm, I'm the red coming, shirt. He's coming to grips throughout this entire movie of like he's gonna die. When's it going to happen? And so then eventually, like near the end, he's like, "Look, I'm just like." And he's swinging this gun around. He's like, "Look, I'm just, a, I'm just a, I'm just a red shirt anyway. I'm the guy that's gonna die. Yeah. So I may as well go out a hero, you know." And uh, and that's when. Tony Shalhoub is like, have, have you ever considered that maybe you're the plucky comic relief? <laughs> and it totally changes his state of mind. Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing. And again, like Sam Rockwell, for me, Sam Rockwell does no wrong. I mean, you throw him in, uh, you know, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, yeah. uh, or you put him in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, another mm. movie he did with Alan Rickman. Um or Moon. Or, or Moon. Oh, my God, he's amazing in Moon. Or in the Charlie's Angels movie where he plays the bad guy. Oh, that's he's right. He's amazing. No matter what you put in front of him, he takes it and just make, he elevates it completely. He did this movie called The Way, Way Back a I couple was, years back. I was hoping you would bring that up. He was so amazing in mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, yeah. No, it's it, whenever Sam Rockwell's on the screen, dude, like I have no choice but to just, dude, Amazing. Good for you. I haven't seen that Poltergeist remake, but I'm sure he's amazing in that as well. Yeah. The movie itself is probably shit, but I bet he's great. That's my assumption, I'm, and I'm fine living in that world where I'm assuming that that's the reality <laughs> yes. and not having it be confirmed. Uh, and as long as we're talking the cast, Tim Allen, I, I, who is very hit or miss, uh, who started off you know, as a stand-up comedian doing these, uh, 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 and then got a TV show based on that, you kind of think he's a one-trick pony. Great voice actor, you know, everybody loves Buzz Lightyear, but yeah. um, this is the only film, I think, and of course I've seen the Santa Claus movies, and oh, we did Christmas with the Cranks last year, uh-huh. uh, that, that is not going on his top ten films, but uh, he's really good in this. He, I, I love him playing that role, he starts off as the, the drunk, uh, charismatic, uh, you know, washed up actor, and then really kind of fills that role of the hero, and, and yeah. um Doing his best, he's not even really doing a, a William Shatner impersonation. He, he he's kind of doing an impression of every yeah. sci-fi captain. Like you, you see Shatner in his performance, but you also see like some Bruce Boxleitner from. Mm. Uh, oh God, what was that show he did? Uh, oh, 
Babylon 5. Thank you. Uh, you see a little bit of that going on. You see a little bit of Patrick Stewart. Yeah. So it's it's kind of neat. It's neat that they were able to put that together. He was able to kind of marry a whole bunch of different character mm-hmm. traits uh, and, while still making it his own. Yes. And in the moment where, where he's he's caught in the line, he has to tell the alien race, no, that we're, these aren't historical documents. We were actually acting. Um, I, I, I believe that. Moment. And that right there mm-hmm. um, is something that I thought that, and we'll get back, we'll obviously near the end of the podcast, we'll talk about what we thought it did right. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that really endeared me to this movie was the fact that it was able to juggle the comedy with some real heartfelt moments, with some really heavy moments that didn't go melodramatic. You no. know, it didn't go too far. Like when he's supposed to explain to Malthazar that, you know, it's just a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, or when uh, when Dr. Lazarus or Alexander mm-hmm. is, uh, he has the, uh, the Quellic, I think is the name of the character, where Quellic is dying in his arms. And he's like, you know, I know we've never known each other, but you were always like a father figure to me. Oh, and know. you got the lo- the whole like by grab Thar's hammer, yeah. you shall be avenged. And it's like, God damn, you know, movie's like, not supposed to make me cry. It did it well. I mean, it didn't make me cry, but yeah, I mean, it, it, was, <laughs> it was it was it was damn like it's damn good. You know, it's got those moments where suddenly you know things get very sincere, mm-hmm. and 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 it and it works because of it. It doesn't it doesn't hinder the story. I like the. Uh, I also like you know since we've mentioned most of the cast, um, but uh, what is that actor's name? Which one? Which Daryl Mitchell. Thank okay. you. Who? Where do I know him from? I don't know. All right. Well, there you go. I guess I could click on his name <laughs> was here. He, was IMDb. he the one that played uh, Laredo? He's the yeah. He's who in the show is the the Wesley Crusher of <laughs> yeah. that show, like yes. the young kid who can fly the ship. Although he's what is he like six years old there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah. so he's the youngest now, growing up um, and and having to relive and and. Uh, uh, escape that stereotype, but uh, least memorable, I would say, of that cast. Yeah, unfortunately, he's um, the one that I didn't. I didn't tone. remember he was in it. Yeah, I had no I know, idea. I know. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, there's this other character. I totally forgot about him. <laughs> he, although he does get his moment to shine as uh, as the ship's pilot. So when they've realized they're now they're now in space and they realize that this alien race has recreated everything from the TV show before. Uh, you know, not even you know the 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 bridge of the ship. The entire ship actually yeah. exists. Yes. And now he has to uh, on its maiden voyage <laughs> fly it out of dock <laughs> and uh, gets a little out of control and like scrapes the side of the. Uh, uh, dude, and again, Sam Rockwell, you got you got to turn it more to the right. You got you got to go more to every, the right. They, they, there's that one shot. Everybody, uh, <laughs> you see like, in their seats. They're like shifting. They're doing they're that thing to shift you do. their weight, like exactly. as if that's gonna help. <laughs> no, it's it, it's so fun. They they did a really good job with uh, with the tone of the movie, with the humor in this movie, uh, and also, you know it, how how it remained like like I said before, like it remained tongue in cheek while also having some heart to it, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing to do. You definitely get the idea that, wow, you know, it, these these people must have really enjoyed working with one another. Yeah. And if they didn't, they did a great job of acting like they exactly. did. Exactly, yeah. Uh, because there's definitely a, a fun camaraderie that's that's running around on this yeah. this film set. And everybody kind of gets their, their little moment to shine. It's a good ensemble cast. <laughs> Even, uh, Even Sigourney Weaver. Weaver, who's just supposed to repeat what the computer says. <laughs> and she Which, told, that's totally her thing. That is exactly what Nichelle Nichols does as, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her character. Uhura. Thank you, good lord. This is what happens when I haven't had a cup of coffee before we record. Um, <laughs> she, and she starts off despising her role and ends up embracing it. At she the embraces end. it, yeah. What's a lathe? L a i t h e. What's a lathe? Like, okay, so when he's down, when uh, Tim Allen's down on the planet and he's supposed to be fighting the rock monster. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Sam Rockwell's like, can you create a lathe? <laughs> can you fashion a lathe? And he's like, will you get the hell out of here with that? And then, like, moments later, when Saris is on the deck of the ship, he has a lieutenant named Lieutenant Lathe. A machine in which a piece of wood or metal is held and turned while being shaped by a sharp tool. A lathe. <laughs> there you go. I'm just curious why that name, that word, came up like twice, <laughs> rapid fire, in two different contexts. I did not pick up on that. Yeah. Interesting. I think the reason, the reason it, I picked up on it was mm-hmm. because I was watching it with captions on because Sarah was sleeping in the uh, other room. I need to start doing that. Although it's, it's like a, Maybe you don't, though, because yeah. it's so funny seeing how different the captions are from what's actually being said. That on the is screen. true. They are. I don't know how that works. If they're like taking the script, and then when there's variations in the script, they'll they'll uh, listen to what the character's saying and modify it. Because yeah, I what was I watching recently where they were clearly not saying what was. I have a feeling uh, whoever's typing that stuff up for the subtitles <laughs> is taking some liberties. Yeah, like I'm just gonna write in one line what it. It should have taken me two lines to be uh, to be verbatim. But, right. Uh, I'm gonna put my own little spin on it. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like the karaoke version of I, I notice that when I'm singing karaoke songs now And you think you know the lyrics And then you're actually shown what the lyrics are And you're like I had no idea No because you know what Sometimes the karaoke lyrics are wrong That's right yeah. I ran into one of those too Sometimes they're 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 incorrect know, Especially I, when you go to the Korean karaoke place <laughs> <laughs> Those are no. I mean I don't, I'm not saying that to try to be funny like, no, they, totally, right. they totally get the lyrics wrong on some stuff So no it's It's all good it's it all, good. all good. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this movie? I, I, the only other thing that I want to say is um, I feel like they made so much, and you kept talking about this thing, the Omega-13. Yes. Uh, they kept making such a big deal about this Omega-13. In fact, the Omega-13 is the MacGuffin of this movie. Absolutely. And it's. I feel like it's. it's never explained well enough even to just be a MacGuffin. Yeah. And then it's just kind of taken at face value of like what it must do. So okay, yeah. activate it and let's do this thing. Yes. Uh all right. I I <laughs> I, I feel like and, and I don't know how they could have done it. And I know this is a weird criticism because I don't have uh I don't have a solution to it. But the omega 13 needs to have a little bit more of a build up. I need a little bit more of a build up rather than just omega 13. What's it do? I don't know. Right. That's all we hear for like it's, an hour and 30 minutes. And it's worse than that when we actually find out it's, uh, you know, well, they think it does this, but we have we theorize that it has to, that it, it'll re- rewind time 13 yeah. seconds. Why? The Omega 13. Why? Yeah. That's a really random well, thing to think that it does. And this that whole plot point, and this is where you really have to kind of just let go and say, all right, it's a movie. But um, everything is designed, we learn early on, everything is designed by the aliens based on what they saw in the TV show. So that's why all the, all the actors are able to, you know, the, the pilot is able to fly the ship because they studied the footage and they designed the ship's controls around the motion he was doing. Same thing with the transporter with Tony Shalhoub. Um, so it's like, okay, uh, I'll give <laughs> the, you that. The transporter would have been a completely different movie if it starred Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> Playing this character as well. Yeah. Um, so, so, all right, I'll give it that. But then it comes to the point where, yeah, this Omega-13, and, and it was a, an episode that they didn't even air the second part to. We find out early on in the show they're showing part one, right? Yeah. And it was like the show was canceled before part two aired, so we don't know what it does. So you're telling me the aliens saw one episode of this show. <laughs> and said, let's build this thing. But, but How? What? Yeah, exactly. How did you build it but not know what the function is? Because to me, it, it, it looks like Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. Remember? Oh, yeah. The, I've got little, a t-shirt with him. Little balls, little bubbles floating around. Um, yeah, that's really when it falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and they, 
they go through the um like the underbelly of the ship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and oh, at yeah. one point justin long's like man i'm so i'm so jealous you're in the underbelly of the ship what's it look like it must be beautiful and he, you know, Sigourney Weaver's like, it's nothing. It's just like walls and a fan. A big fan. And then she looks up and she sees all that stuff. And then Tim Allen just says, what does the Omega-13 do? Like, yep. I, did they explain that what he was looking at was the Omega-13? There's a throwaway line earlier on. Yeah, where they mentioned I must have missed that. I must have missed Because I was like, what? wow. So that was the Omega-13? Because I didn't even put that together until the very end of the movie mm-hmm. when he pushes down the button and all those things come out. And so if he hits the Omega-13, he's the only one that knows that time's been rewound? Yeah, right. That's what it seems like because as it's being rewound again, and before Tony, so Tony Shalhoub is di- or the, the bad guy. We haven't even talked about the Saris, bad guy. Yeah, Saris we haven't talked about Saris. Is disguised as Tony Shalhoub, uh, and uh, which I thought sabotages. was really well done. Yeah, because they they check off gun that whole uh, you know we we change our appearance thing, mm-hmm. and I never thought anything of it like that it was going to become something that the villain would use later. Like yeah. I never, even the second time around watching this movie. I never thought like, oh, okay, he's going to go ahead and use yeah. this thing. We I only, totally forgot that Ceres comes back up onto the deck. We had only seen the aliens do it, and and in fact, we see Ceres' ship blow up, uh-huh. and there's just that one throwaway line about, oh, there was a surge of energy right before the ship blew up, and oh, forget about it, because they're in the middle of something else. Yeah, yeah. But you're supposed to piece together, ah, that was him transporting over. That's right. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I, I don't want to say I didn't see it coming. It's one of those things where you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know something's going to happen because they talk about the Omega-13, mm-hmm. and it's like 13 seconds. What right. good is that? Well, it's, Which, it's enough time to, <laughs> to rectify one one bad mistake or one, enough to enough time to re- – I don't know what he says, the exact line. But yeah, yeah, enough time you know to that fix that's, one mistake. You know that's what's going to happen. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Although I, I didn't do this. I should have, but I would have liked to have uh, gotten a stopwatch. And done it in real time because, Joe, that is way more it's, than 13 yeah, seconds. And yeah. I know they're showing some of those shots in slow motion, but it's like 30 seconds right? by the time Tim Allen <laughs> so, crawls so over and pushes it, the button. If he hits it, he's still bleeding. He's still yeah, laying exactly. down. Ble- oh, and if you good. use the Omega-13, can you use it again? If time's rewound, can you use the Omega-13 again? Oh, you just keep on doing it, right? Yeah, just keep doing it until you get back to the point where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never address that. No. Oh, well. They don't. Again... You're not supposed to care about this stuff. It's it's a ludicrous film. The concept is ludicrous. It is. But, you know, here for the most part, this movie's really enjoyable. And other than the obvious, you know, criticisms, I feel like we've got to find some. Like, I, I feel like there's a part of me that wants to dig a little deeper just to be like, yeah, that was a little unrealistic. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, for the most part, Joel, this, this movie's very enjoyable. Yeah, it's and a I'll comedy. watch it. I'll watch it again and again. It does what it's supposed to do. The visuals are a little rough. Uh, because this movie was made in 1999. Good for the time. Um, but the the visuals are a little rough, specifically when Tim Allen uh, is being beamed back after his first trip into space. Yeah. He's being beamed back out, and you're like, whoa, this the, is bad. The way they do it, it's not like uh, in Star Trek where you just kind of glow and then you reappear somewhere else. There's like this this jelly that uh, comes out of the ground and encapsulates them. Yeah. And then they go shooting off like a missile through uh-huh. the galaxy. Uh-huh. And yeah, there's kind of a fisheye lens as, as Tim Allen is, is screaming into the camera. <laughs> it almost looks like Jeff Goldblum from uh, Hideaway. From Hideaway. <laughs> when he <laughs> With dies. With the floating face, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, trippy. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, good for the time and, and serviceable. It, it didn't stick out enough to pull me out of the movie. I felt like... It felt right in that zone. I felt like other than that, though, the effects didn't look too bad. Uh, That was the worst example. Um, Rock Monster's pretty cool. They they used practical effects uh, pretty well. I mean, mean, almost... 
a majority of the effects in this movie are practicals. Right, and and I'm glad that the the villain and his race, all those characters, like there's no computer jiggery there. Yeah. It's all dudes in costumes and and pretty good looking too. Jiggery pokery, jiggery pokery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, you know they've got the mouth moving, and it's oh, it's, yeah. it's much better than that last Ninja Turtles that we reviewed. Not not just bank. mouth moving, but like you actually get some some emotion that's yep. being conveyed in the eyes and on the faces. That must have been a bitch in the that, makeup department. That was great, and the uh, the pig monster thing. Oh, yeah, when, that, <laughs> that's like the Tim Allen's fighting. He's just poking at it, <laughs> and then it gets beamed up on the ship. They're like, "We're gonna test it on the pig monster," right? And they beam it up, and it's like it beams in inside out. Yeah, oh, and then it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I think I woke up Sarah because I was laughing at that <laughs> shit. I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. It's the one shot of everybody ducking behind <laughs> the transporter controls except and, for and the Ted. one alien, and he just gets <laughs> covered with entrails. And then it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I know the. Okay, so <clears throat> this is one of the things of, of the film that rides the line between annoying and adorable, but uh-huh. the voice that the aliens are doing mm, because they're all talking like this. It's like they're talking inward, like. Yeah, it, it, it's like inward singing. Mm-hmm. That, um, no, I got you. It's it is a little it's a little annoying. I found it endearing after a while, but uh, <laughs> and the way they walked, <laughs> <laughs> they walk like uh, like like marionettes. Uh-huh. Like their hands are connected yeah, to their knees, to their knees floating uh, uh, inches above. Um, it did turn into a game where I was like, let me see if I could find the extra that's not walking correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. In, in the very beginning, when they get ready to take the ship out, they're like, you know, some of the crew would like to be present, and so these people rush up onto the the bridge, and there's a couple that you're like, you're not walking. They're not right. giving it their all. Nope. Man, those I'd, have, I'd have I'd have told my PA, I'm like, dude, get him out. <laughs> get that one out. You would have a uh, man. Can you imagine an alternate universe where they made Space Cadet, and and you just become this uh <laughs> this this ego who gets people fired? What are you talking your about? Your coffee's not cold. I am that guy. <laughs> Or your coffee is cold. <laughs> my co- or I, maybe- want, I want cold coffee. Yeah, I was like, why is this coffee hot? <laughs> what do you mean, you know, ice? I got to drink this coffee hot? <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? Any other notes? Uh, no, no, I do not. This is an enjoyable film. Uh, it's on Netflix, so uh, stream away. And uh, yeah, if you've never seen it before, it's a, it's a nice, pleasant surprise. Check yeah. it out. All right, so then what did... Galaxy, I almost said Space Cadets. What did Galaxy <laughs> Quest do right? Space Cadets, uh, my favorite part of that was the casting of Joe Cucinati. Of the villain. The villain the was villain. fantastic. Although that... the effects, oof, <laughs> pretty rough. That yeah. suit that transforms. God, you could tell, man, 1997. Hope that guy never acts again. <laughs> uh, no, I think what it did right was, again, it, it, it elevated itself from just being a sci-fi comedy, which, it, again, it could have stopped there. It could have stopped at, a, at an eight. Yeah, and then uh, bumped itself up to a nine with those touching moments we talked about the by Grabthar's hammer mm-hmm. that Alan Rickman has, and uh, and and Tim Allen, Tim Allen, he had to make the film believable. Yeah. So if we would have phoned in that performance, I don't think this movie is as good as it is. It's it's so fun watching him play that commander character because you do see his traces of Buzz Lightyear in there. Yeah. So it's kind of neat to see like the real life Buzz Lightyear like doing his thing. Um, what I thought that this movie did right, I totally agree with what you said, mm-hmm. but I also think the casting. There Recasting this movie was difficult because yep. I felt like everybody in this movie was cast absolutely correctly. Uh, I think the casting director of this film did a fantastic fucking job. Yep. Um, they, 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 they knew their parts. They played their parts well. 
Uh, they obviously had a good rapport with the director. I don't know. I don't remember who directed this movie, uh, but they hmm. did a great job utilizing. And I always say, you know, you you use your actor's strengths, but then you also have to know what your actor's weaknesses are so you can use them to your advantage. The director was uh, just by the way, Dean Parasot or Pariso. I can only imagine his name is who also did uh, Red Two, the sequel to Red Two. Wow. Uh, and the director of Home Fries, starring Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's Home Fries <laughs> and and Luke Wilson. Oh, I also did Fun with Dick and Jane. Wow. So this the, was the crown jewel of this director's yeah. uh, oof. Should have quit while he was ahead. This was, uh, this was a, a really good movie, I guess. You know what? Not going to give the director too much credit then. I'm going to put it nope. all on the cast. I feel like the cast did a fantastic job with what they had. Absolutely. Uh, including Justin Long. You know, there's there's a part near the end of this where, and it's the, the little touches, and I think Justin Long's really good at this because I've seen this in other movies that he's done, like mm-hmm. Dodgeball mm-hmm. and the Die Hard movie he did. And uh, he's He's got this way of kind of bringing something real to everything he does that I I don't believe is actually in the script. So there's this bit where they're trying to like figure out how to get to the belly of the ship and so they've called up this character. And uh and, and it's this kid that lives at home with his parents and he's a total Galaxy Quest nerd. And so he's talking to the to the Tim Allen character. He's like, I've got to get my buddies on the line for this. And so he gets his he calls up his friend. His friend shows up on the computer. He's like, Hey Brandon, he's like, No time for pleasantries, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> he just gets into it. And I'm like, I bet I, I have a good feeling like something like that maybe was in the script, but I feel like the Justin Long twist to it was probably much better. Yeah. I love when they're trying to contact him and they're like, hey, this thing's still counting down and we cut and he's taking the trash yeah, out. I was like, mom, mom, I told you this is very important. <laughs> and she's like, don't forget the recyclables. And he's like, oh, and he goes and he takes them out and puts them in the trash can. Yeah. It's a great little cutaway. Uh, again, just another example that like they cast the right people in every role in this film. Agreed. What did Galaxy Quest do wrong? Hmm. I mean, it's hard to come down on the story. Yeah. Because this the story isn't about oh how do these aliens reconstruct technology based on TV whatever don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but think about the stuff like that, right? Especially when it comes to the Omega Thirteen. Um, oh, also there's some lines where um, so we're supposed to assume that all of the you know this one alien race looked at. Earth's uh, broadcast TV and, and thought it was real. But then we started kind of get glimpses at the Ceres and his race, you know, the, the yeah, Klingons of this Ceres universe. Ceres is like, it's just a show. Right. But but and yet they're still using terminology and, t- you know, they talk about, you know, Mach 2, Mach 4, or Mach 3. Yeah. And so, like, there's some crossover where I feel like a script supervisor would have been like, all right, that race doesn't believe that Earth's technology is real. So why are they in some ways buying into this yeah. universe and using the same technology or terminology. Uh-huh. But now I'm just nitpicking. Well, uh, it, but I've got to agree with you a little bit when it comes to the characters or the races, the aliens and the races and building them up. And I guess this is going to be what I felt like Galaxy Quest did wrong. And it's not fleshing out the alien races enough. Uh, as well as not fleshing out what the Omega-13 was. Uh, that the alien races, you know, you've got this this bit at the end where Tim Allen's like, well, now you guys can go home. And then you find out they don't have a home to go oh, back to. Yeah. And it's I feel like that's not fleshed out enough, you know. This I, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more of a background behind the Thermians and Saris's people as well. And mm-hmm. like really what the history was. And they talk about how like the former leader gave up the information on what the Omega thirteen oh, was. That poor guy. Uh and I kind of wanted a little bit more of that. And I know that would have then made this movie a two-and-a-half-hour movie instead of just being an hour and 45. But yeah. it's stuff like that that I probably would have liked to have seen a little bit more, that the script is very uh, convenient. 
You know, this happens because. Sure. And for a story like this, I guess I'll accept it. Like yeah. I said, it's the three amigos in space. You know, so you could kind of tear apart the three amigos in the same respect. I'll tell you one more thing I, I'm realizing now that I, I forgot didn't do it for me is the very end is the very anticlimactic the way that this the, the villain that they've built up he's this evil guy he's been killing you know he's enslaving this other race yeah and he gets off so quickly and unceremoniously the motherfucker doesn't even have a line no. he just emerges so so the end of the the the, the climax of the After film the ship crashes into the convention <laughs> killing possibly thousands yes we can only assume and upturning uh, so many cars in the parking lot yeah. on the way in um rolls through the stage, breaks through, and then one by one, all the cast members start to stumble out. They don't know where they are, and yet, uh, what's his name from the state? No, not from the state. Oh, from, from uh, Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall is uh, announcing them, oh, look, it's uh, Jason Nesbitt. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Saris, the evil guy, comes out last, uh, yeah. and, and the audience starts to boo. Uh, and he's got a gun pointed at Tim Allen, and then Tim Allen just does a shoulder roll and shoots him. Shoots him, yeah. And then he evaporates, and the crowd goes wild. And then he kisses uh, Sigourney Reaver. I could have used... 30 more seconds where Ceres is is talking shit. And now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take over your planet and enslave your race. Do what, exactly what I did to the Thermians. Uh-huh. A little bit more to build it up. Motherfucker didn't even have a line. So I'm wondering if maybe there was something maybe there's on the something cutting more. floor. And see, the way that he got defeated, I would have preferred that that had been like Justin Long and his crew did something there that like ends up taking him out. And then, like, maybe I would have liked to have seen an extended ending where, like, you know how they did the the credits and stuff? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen the Justin Long character get a part as well. Yeah. In the show. He's you the know? new young pilot the, or something. Exactly. Yeah. That, would have been, that would have been nice, the new Wesley Crusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he earned that by doing something there at the con. Um, but, again, it doesn't detract yeah. from the rest of the film. Absolutely not. So if we were going to remake... Galaxy Quest now. Mm-hmm. How would we do that, Joel? Well, uh, you would start with... Uh, I, I, I did do the Justin Long character, and that's probably the, the lowest you? on the totem pole, and then up from there. All right. I, I did the Justin Long character as well, and I also did Garignac. The head alien? Yeah. The, uh, no, the Thermian? The, the, no, the, the, the rock monster. Oh, oh <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. See, originally, I'm just going to... You know what? I'm going to just go through mine, All right. because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you did better than I did. Mm. Uh, I'm going to just tell you, like, originally, I was like, okay, I'm going to recast this with the cast of Firefly. Ooh. And then I was like, no, I'm going to recast this with the cast of The Force Awakens. Uh. No, I went with something else, because Ooh. I had a, a, a thought in the course of this movie, and I've saved that thought for now, for when I do this casting, and oh. then I'll explain it afterwards. It's a lot of self-control, Joe. Garignac. Mm-hmm. All right. God bless you. I, either going. Thank you. Going to be played by The Rock. <laughs> 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 I, oh man! Either it's going to be visually mocap, <laughs> it'll be The Rock, right? But then vocally, it'll be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> The character of Brandon, the kid that's like you know helping them out from his computer, uh, Will Wheaton. Oh, ah, interesting. Yeah, he'll be playing that role. Quellick, the one that dies in uh, in yeah. Alan Rickman's arms, mm-hmm. will be played by Aaron Johnson. Oh, you did some. basically doing exactly what he did in Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Laliari, the the female alien, oh, yeah. played by Evangeline Lilly. Damn, you did so many. Oh, interesting. Teb, the 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 alien that we see the most. Who gets the alien? The explosion on his face. Yeah, played by Paul Bettany. Oh, interesting. Melth- oh, uh, Mathazar, uh, I see the head of the aliens, played by Chris Maloney. Cerus, mm-hmm. uh, plays by uh, James Spader, because I felt like he kind of looked like Ultron. His his. That's right. He's got character. that long face. Uh huh. <laughs> Why the long face? <laughs> uh, Guy, the uh, the Sam Rockwell character, played mm-hmm. by Jeremy Renner. Uh-huh. Tommy slash Laredo, played by Anthony Mackie. Of course. Yep. Fred slash Chen, played by Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Yep. Gwen slash Madison, played by Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Joe. Mm-hmm. Alexander 
Dr. Lazarus. Yep. Played by Robert Downey Jr. Oh, oh, so, ooh, I thought you were going to reserve him for the Tim Allen role. Nope. Interesting. Because I did Chris Evans as the Tim Allen role, oh. the Jason Taggart. This whole thing directed by... Joss Whedon. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up, you I son sure of a did. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, Played sir. by Christopher Nolan because there's something in this movie that made me think immediately about Interstellar, where uh. I wanted them to call up the Justin Long character and be like, I need your help, and find out that the Justin Long character is now 50 years old. No. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't play around with like spatial relevance. Relativity or anything in this movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. So that's, uh, I went with the cast of the Avengers, uh, plus Will Wheaton and The Rock, uh, and Evangeline Lilly, who's nice. in, uh, in Chris Maloney. I like so, that. So mostly, uh, but with director Christopher Nolan. I like that, except for the, uh, the. I feel like you should have done uh, Robert Downey Jr. As I could see him in that Tim Allen role. But he's a little bit older. Playboy. Robert Downey Jr. is a little bit I older get it, than but Chris Obviously, age isn't an issue in your recast. Um, I'm just saying that that role, kind of being the playboy drunkard who then yeah. uh, has but to But we've seen him play it. Yes, true. All right, I cannot argue, and I will not. <laughs> what uh, do you mean, you people? I did not go. I did not go. Um, I didn't take actors and, and uh, directors from an, another property. I just went. Really, with, you didn't? But so I did have a theme. Cast, oh, well, I did our friends. I did uh, no, no. But my theme is um, because this film is about eh, maybe washed-up actors. actors I cast the Beatles beyond their prime. <laughs> <laughs> Only dead people in my recast. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is no. Um, so I went with directed uh, by M Night Shyamalan. Why not get? Uh, why not? He likes to work with dead people. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, okay, go ahead. Got that part out, Jeff. Uh, he <laughs> no, no. So because this is a movie about washed up actors, I'm recasting with washed up actors. Oh, good. Or people who are maybe beyond their prime and, and uh, due for a comeback. Oh, please let there be a Jeff Fahey. I didn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did not go uh, do any of the aliens because uh, I'm thinking my version we might do uh, some cu- computer generated stuff. They'll just be voices. So I'm sticking with the human <sighs> actors. I know, quite disappointing. But for the Justin Long role, uh, I stuck with a young nerdy uh, fan, and I'm gonna go with uh, Howard Wolowitz, Simon Helberg. From nice. uh, Big Bang Theory. Nice. Or Moist from Dr. <laughs> uh, Horrible's <laughs> single blog. <laughs> um, Daryl Mitchell, who is the, the young pilot, um, African-American, uh, younger in the show yeah. and then older. He played Laredo. How about uh, Chris Tucker? Someone we haven't seen in a while playing that role. And and I want to get like fifth element Chris Tucker. <laughs> where he's like, hi, but Corbin, Corbin, my man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, how about uh, for Tony Shalhoub, who is uh, the transporter. <laughs> Not. <laughs> they took my <laughs> car. Damn it! I knew the minute I said that. <laughs> uh, no, I went with. Uh, he's the guy who's got the squinty eyes. Like I said, he kind of seems like he's a little drug-addled. <laughs> you cut. Have, have you cast an Asian guy? No, no, I didn't do that. But I went with uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, nice. Who, uh, in his own right, is an older aging. You set that up earlier in the podcast. I, You're like, I, is he just doing like that. the Val Kilmer thing? Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm dropping little breadcrumbs there. Uh, Sam Rockwell. How about Sheila Booth? In that role, he's nice. about that age now. You could see him. He's got that energy, that same and kind of manic not energy. He's a bad actor. No, he's a great actor. Yeah. Listen, I fucking loved him from St- Even Stevens on the yeah. Disney Channel. I he, remember watching that show and being like, "That kid's gonna go places." He had a little bit part in uh, Freaks and Geeks that was amazing. I think he's gonna have a uh, a Robert Downey Jr. style comeback in a few years, where he's he's just gonna be running. He's gonna get all the Oscar noms. No, just me. Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, we'll go with the Sigourney Weaver character, uh, another washed-up actress. How about oh, that? That sounds so horrible to say. Washed. She's up. really not a washed-up actress. No, but you're talking about in I'm the context of the movie. In the yeah, in the role, they haven't really gone outside. And somebody who's probably looking for some work, and maybe her best years are behind her. But how about Meg Ryan? We've talked about her before. Yeah, it's time. She's a good actress in her uh, in her day. Mm-hmm. Bring her back. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm going to save Alan Rickman for the final. No, I've already evoked his name. Alan Rickman, that character. Uh, I wanted to get somebody British, somebody who uh, maybe you could believe as a, a former thespian on the stage, and now um, he's relegated to these roles and is bitter about it. Uh, maybe I had some hard times behind him. How about Hugh Grant? <laughs> After his uh, wow, you took one Love Actually cast member and replaced him with another. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> to be fair, fucking everybody is in Love Actually. Everyone so. is in Love Actually, and Hugh Grant's role in that movie is pretty fucking Unfair amazing. Fair to do that. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes that film for me. And then finally, the Till Mantle role, Jason Nesbeth, the Captain Kirk of this uh, Galaxy Quest show. How about Mel Gibson. Love it, love it. Racist Mel Gibson, who just comes in and starts ordering fire all torpedoes (laughs) with a drink in his hand. Who's directing this? Uh, You know, oh, I didn't have a director for this. I was trying to think of a washed-up director to direct these washed-up cast members. Wow. Who do you got? I I don't have anything. I I did my job. (laughs) (laughs) I was recasting in the car on the way here because I I, I couldn't, I kept flip-flopping. You should see all my also-rans. Yeah. Uh, So no no director here. Man. Who's the guy who- George Lucas? Who's the, oh, there you go. There you go. George (laughs) Lucas directs Galaxy Quest. That's perfect. It's it's suddenly about Senate disputes. (laughs) Uh, All right. If you've got any thoughts about Galaxy Quest, things that we didn't touch on, things that you've been yelling back at your podcast screen- uh, you can always write us back and uh, and give us your thoughts, suggestions about recasting on Facebook. Just in the search bar, put in the editing bay, find that woman with the bleeding eyes picture. That's us. That's where you talk back to us uh, and let us know your thoughts. And if you've got a movie that you want us to talk about coming up in 2016, uh, we'd love to hear about that as well. We've also got a website, right, Joe? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. You can go there and find links to all of our social networks. Uh, we've got our Facebook link there. We have our Twitter link there, which is at uh, the editing bay. There's our handle. Please follow that. And give us uh, some some uh, cred there, some kudos. Uh, we also uh, have a little uh, merch page where the, there's one item there right now. I'm going to be doubling that in 2016. Oh Joe. my god! I know. Can you believe it? But for now, you can buy our uh, our much sought after 2014 live show T-shirt yes. uh, with the the mashup of uh, of, of He Man and uh, and our, our little lady with the bleeding eyes. By the way, if you haven't been to our Facebook page in a while. Uh, we've got that uh, the fan art. That oh, we did you get the fan art up? Yep, yep. It is up there on. the Are Facebook we updated page. with all of our podcasts? Uh, sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yep. Sure are. Check it out <laughs> on the editing bay. No, editingbay.com is our website. Take it away, Joe. Well, what's our Twitter account again? It's at the editing bay. <laughs> Thank you. But editingbay.com is our website. <laughs> Uh, all right, if you've uh, if you've got some time, you get us on your Apple device. We'd love for you to leave us some feedback and uh, and a re- review, some ratings. Uh, just go ahead and, and go to your podcasting app, put uh, Next Wave Radio in the search bar, and uh, then that'll bring up all of our shows. Go ahead and tap on the editing bay, and that's where you could leave us some love, some a review, five star review, and rating would be. Uh, preferable. Uh, And then when you're done with that, go ahead and go to our other Next Wave Radio shows. We've got MVP, the Mm -hmm. most valuable podcast, talking sports and sports entertainment with Matthew. New father, Matthew. Yeah. uh, Just gave uh, his his lovely wife, Olivia, gave birth to their child, Blaze Fisher. Blaze Malcolm Fisher on uh, the same day as David Bowie uh, passed away. Yeah. Like B-L-A-Z-E? B-L-A-I-S-E. Ah, like Blase. Blo- the, yeah. <laughs> how yes. how where did that name come from? Is that like a family I, name? I don't know. I've never heard that. Well, Dude, that's you, fucking awesome. Now you have Blaze. Congratulations, Fishers. Um, how cool would it be if uh, years from now, your daughter and his son? That's what we're working on. Oh, that, it's like yeah. an arranged marriage. We're, we're working on that. It's going to be either them or the Padillas. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. But it's, it's somehow it's going to work out. Well, love triangle. That's right. Uh, all right. So, yeah, whatever the fuck I was talking about, leave the MVP a rating and a review. Uh, you know, congratulate Fisher on uh, on his new child, the new addition to the Fisher family. Way to sperm it up. Uh, sperm it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so gross. He's got swimmers. Good God, on you, buddy. That's nasty. Uh, we've also got My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam uh, talking about comics and movies and <laughs> You guys, you don't talk about video games. God, I want to talk about video games. God damn it. What are you guys talking about this week? I don't know. It's recording early. (laughs) 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 Jeff, I need you to look into the future. (laughs) What are you guys? uh, They're going to be talking about uh, Secret War and Howard the Duck. (laughs) 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 There's going to be something going on. Hey, did you read those Next Wave comics that I let you borrow? Yeah. Yeah, what'd you think? I thought they were good. You thought? Uh oh, his voice went up. <laughs> Just thought they were good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking fantastic. They were a fun read. They're good. Uh, oh, I give you the losers too. Have I you started have not those? Started those. Yet. Oh man, so good. Uh, all right, so leave them a rating, review, some love. Would totally appreciate that as well. Um, if you don't get us on an Apple device, you have us on your Android. You can also search the iTunes library using the Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic apps as well. What are we going to do next week, Joe? I was just about to ask you if you had something chambered because I feel like I've been uh, choosing the, these last few. No. Although with all the deaths going on, we haven't really we've we've been off track. <laughs> should we, should we wait and see if somebody else dies? Uh, no, oh God. Well, I mean, if somebody else dies, we're going to postpone the pre-announced as we always do. Uh, yeah. But I actually do have a, a film that I've been wanting to do for uh, about a month now. Cool. Uh, yeah, you want to you want to take a shot? Let's do it. Well, uh, with Tarantino's The Hateful Eight coming out, which have you seen yet? Nope. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd kind of like hard. to see. The, I'd like to see the Texas theater presentation of it. If I'm going to go see it, I'd like. You to know, go see that. I almost did the 70 millimeter, and everyone was talking about the 70 millimeter. And I, I there was one that was that theater in Plano that's like 10 minutes away from me was showing it, um, and I almost went. And then I read a couple of reviews, and uh, the reviewers were saying. Just talking about the experience in general, and how, and it was reminding me of my youth growing up with the, the 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 framing not being right and the focus being a little soft. And there have been reports of the film like breaking; they've had to stop down because they're using these old projectors. Um, so I think you're probably okay not doing the seven millimeter. Oh, okay. Unless you want the little uh, handout that they give, the little playbill and no. uh, the intermission. No, uh, just I, more junk. Of the eight films he's done now, it's kind of somewhere in the middle there for me. But I think undisputed. The bottom of the Quentin Tarantino barrel, in my opinion, has to be Jackie Brown. Really? Which is on, streaming on Netflix. Did you see Killing Zoe? I never did see that. Yeah. Wait, he didn't direct that, though, right? He wrote it. He, he was writing yeah, on that? He was wrote that, that one. Pre-True Romance? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, I think that was like one of his first scripts. That who's, was, who's in that film? Um, God, the kid that was supposed to be Marty McFly originally. Oh, uh, uh, the redhead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The guy that was in Pulp Fiction. Skyrocketed, yeah. (laughs) Who was like, wrong number. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't come here. Wrong number. (laughs) Prank caller. Prank (laughs) Prank caller. That's what it is. Uh, I want to say Eric something. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. There you go. Oh, poor Eric Stoltz. (laughs) Guys, listen to us because we're experts in film, but we can't remember anybody's fucking name. We know everything. Uh, So you want to talk about Jackie Brown. Let's do Jackie Brown, man. Okay. With, uh, With Rochester, New York's own Robert Forster. Oh, is he? Yes, Another sir. hometown. Him and Tay Diggs, huh? <laughs> yes, wow. that's it. Our clay. And and maybe Lou Graham. <laughs> maybe Lou Graham? Yeah, I can't remember. I think Lou Graham. <laughs> I think Lou Graham is also Rochesterian. Don't hold us to it then. <laughs> okay. We gotta get, so, we'll get our fact checkers on that. Next week, 
Tarantino mm-hmm. enters the editing bay for the first time. Yeah, with Jackie Brown. If you like sh- long shots of people's feet if as they like, walk, if you like long shots, <laughs> also as well. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so make sure you check that out. That's on Netflix. Jackie Brown next week right here on the editing bay. Jeff, thank you very much. Joel, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. See you guys next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.